Before we dive into the episode, I wanted to let you know I have a free on-demand masterclass called Five Steps to Writing a Novel Without Letting Perfectionism or Procrastination Get in the Way. In this free training, I cover things like where perfectionism comes from, how it's directly linked to procrastination, and what you can do right now to start making real progress with your writing. I also talk about the problem with popular plotting methods and how they can do more harm than good, especially if you're brand new to writing. And last but certainly not least, I share some of the most common mistakes I see writers make so you can avoid them and make this the year you finish your novel. If this sounds like something you're interested in, you can sign up for free at savannagilbo.com forward slash training. One more time, that's savannagilbo.com forward slash training to get your hands on this free masterclass. So after the protagonist discovers the crime, it's not always easy for them to engage in the conflict, and it's not always their top priority either. Sometimes it is, but not always. So in this scene, something needs to happen that makes the stakes personal to your protagonist. So whatever it is, now they care and they're personally invested in bringing the antagonist to justice. Welcome to the Fiction Writing Made Easy podcast. My name is Savannah Gilbo, and I'm here to help you write a story that works. I want to prove to you that writing a novel doesn't have to be overwhelming. So each week, I'll bring you a brand new episode with simple, actionable, and step-by-step strategies that you can implement in your writing right away. So whether you're brand new to writing or more of a seasoned author looking to improve your craft, this podcast is for you. So pick up a pen and let's get started. In today's episode, we're going to talk about the key scenes that every crime story needs in order for it to work and to satisfy fans of the genre. I'm also going to show you how these key scenes show up in the movie Knives Out. So if you're writing a crime story, this episode is for you. And if not, don't worry because I've covered a lot of the other genres already, and I'm going to cover each of the other genres very soon. Now, before we dive in, let's quickly talk about what makes a crime story or what makes the crime genre unique. Crime stories are all about the quest to either solve or commit a crime. So these stories start with a crime, most of them build with an investigation or a completion of the crime, and end with identifying and bringing the criminal to justice or not. In something like a mystery, the protagonist must wade through a closed circle of suspects, each with a credible motive and a reasonable opportunity to commit the crime, to make sense of the clues and to solve the puzzle. In something like a caper or a heist story, the protagonist will want to avoid capture and avoid being brought to justice by outsmarting the cop or detective assigned to stop them. Beyond that, crime stories can have any tone or style, they can be set in any place or time, and have various levels of romance, action, adventure, or magic. They can even include different subplots as long as the protagonist's mission to solve or commit a crime remains the story's focus. So why do people choose to read crime stories? People choose to read crime fiction because they want to feel a sense of anticipation and intrigue over whether or not the criminal will be brought to justice. They want to follow a trail of clues, make meaning of those clues, and figure out the puzzle right alongside the protagonist. By the end of these stories, most readers want to feel a sense of comfort, relief, and security when justice is served and order has been restored. So they want to see the wrongs righted, and they want to see justice prevail. And like all genre fiction, you have to deliver the emotional experience readers are looking for in order for your story to work. To deliver this emotional experience, you need to include the obligatory scenes and conventions of your genre in your novel. So like I mentioned earlier in this episode, we are going to take a look at the key scenes of the crime genre. 
And these key scenes are the important events, decisions, and discoveries that move the protagonist along his or her journey from A to Z. They're what help us writers write a story that works and, when coupled with your genre's conventions, help you evoke emotional reactions in your readers. So let's take a look at what these key scenes are and how they show up in the movie Knives Out. And if you're wondering why I'm going to walk you through these key scenes in a movie, it's just because movies require less of a time investment, and I'm hoping you've either seen the movie Knives Out or that you will at least watch it after listening to this episode to help cement these key scenes in your mind. So of course you can and should study these key scenes in your favorite crime novels, but for today we are going to look at them in a movie. And as I go through these key scenes, I want you to consider why each scene would need to be in a crime story or what purpose they serve in the overall narrative. My hope is that you'll notice that each of these key scenes has a really specific reason why it needs to be there. And because of that, you can use these key scenes plus the conventions of the crime genre to help you craft an outline or a first draft of a story that works. As a freebie for this episode, I created a cheat sheet that lists out each one of these key scenes that every crime story needs in order for it to work. If you want to download that, you can go to savannagilbo.com forward slash crime. So one more time, it's savannagilbo.com forward slash crime. So without further ado, let's dive into the key scenes that every crime story needs, and we're going to look at how each of these key scenes shows up in the movie Knives Out. The first key scene is a scene in which the protagonist discovers a crime that's indicative of a master antagonist. So sometimes the protagonist will discover the crime on their own, and other times they will hear about the crime from somebody else. Either way, this first key scene is almost always the global inciting incident of the story because it kicks everything else into gear. So from here on out, the protagonist will want to figure out who done it so that they can bring the antagonist to justice. So where a thriller is about stopping a future crime from happening, a crime story centers around figuring out who committed a crime and then bringing that person to justice. If you're writing a caper or a heist story, you would really just flip this around. So potentially you'll have a protagonist that discovers an opportunity to commit a crime or they commit their initial crime. So looking at our case study, Knives Out, this is where Fran, the housekeeper, finds Harlan dead with his throat slit. Benoit Blanc learns about Harlan's death because someone mails him a newspaper clipping and some money, essentially hiring him to solve the case. From Marta's perspective, she arrives at Thromby House only to realize the whole family is there along with Lieutenant Elliot, Trooper Wagner, and a mysterious detective named Benoit Blanc. They're all here to investigate Harlan's death. So that's the first key scene. In the second key scene, the stakes become personal to the protagonist and they commit to figuring out what's going on so that they can bring the antagonist to justice. So after the protagonist discovers the crime, it's not always easy for them to engage in the conflict and it's not always their top priority either. Sometimes it is, but not always. So in this scene, something needs to happen that makes the stakes personal to your protagonist. So whatever it is, now they care and they're personally invested in bringing the antagonist to justice. This scene usually occurs at the end of Act 1, cementing the protagonist's way forward into Act 2. If you're writing a caper or a heist story, you would just flip this around. So potentially your protagonist has already committed a crime and now the need to escape justice or stay off the radar has become personal. 
So looking at our case study, Knives Out, Benoit Blanc is personally interested in this case for two reasons. First, someone anonymously hired him to solve it. Second, his father was friends with Harlan, and Benoit believes him to be a good man worthy of seeing justice delivered. For Marta, she's personally involved in this case because she thinks she's responsible for killing Harlan. She wants to know what Benoit knows to avoid being caught. So that's key scene number two. Key scene number three is a scene in which the protagonist learns more about what the antagonist wants and why. So this scene raises the stakes and the clock starts ticking. When the protagonist discovers what the antagonist wants and why they want it, things are going to feel both exciting and more challenging at the same time. So usually it's going to feel more difficult to solve the crime because of this new understanding or realization, but the protagonist is still going to be committed to seeing it through. Sometimes this is where they move from a more reactive state to a more proactive one, too. So this scene could include their first real lead regarding who done it or who's responsible for the crime. Or it could be that they need to dig deep for insights or neglected clues to regain their advantage. This scene usually occurs at the midpoint of a story in the middle of Act 2. And if you're writing a caper or a heist story, just flip this around. So you're looking at it through the criminal's perspective, not the detective or the police officer's perspective. So just think about how you would raise the stakes and start that ticking clock for your caper or heist protagonist. In our case study, Knives Out, this is when the lawyer reads Harlan's will and the family learns that he left everything to Marta. Marta confesses to Ransom that she killed Harlan. Ransom offers to help Marta in exchange for his share of the inheritance, and Benoit Blanc suspects foul play and has eliminated no suspects. So either way you look at it from Marta's side or Benoit Blanc's side, the stakes have been raised and the clock starts ticking. And that's key scene number three. Key scene number four is a scene in which the protagonist reaches an all-is-lost moment where they realize they've come to the wrong conclusion or they've been pursuing the wrong person. So eventually the protagonist will reach this all-time low where it seems like they're never going to be able to bring the criminal to justice. Sometimes it seems like they've reached the wrong conclusion or an unsatisfying dead end, but they learn something that gives them a little glimmer of hope. In some stories, this is where the case within a case is solved. But whatever it is that they learn here or do here, it's going to lead to their ultimate confrontation with the antagonist. The scene usually happens at the end of Act 2, pushing the protagonist into Act 3 and into the inevitable climax of the story. So again, if you're writing a caper or a heist story, just flip this around so that your protagonist reaches an all-time low moment where it probably feels like they're never going to escape justice or they're never going to pull off this crime that they're planning to commit. So in our case study example in Knives Out, this is where after a car chase, Marta and Ransom are caught. Ransom is taken into custody by the cops and Benoit Blanc rides with Marta. She stops at the blackmailer's location to find Fran in a chair dying from a morphine overdose and calls 911. So from both of their perspectives, this looks pretty dang bad. For each character, it's their all is lost moment. And that is key scene number four. Key scene number five is a scene where the protagonist exposes the true criminal in the big climactic moment and unravels all the antagonist's motives and plans. So this is the main climax of the story where the protagonist confronts the antagonist directly, gambling on the correctness of their deductions. So if they're right, they will finally accomplish the goal that was raised at the beginning of the story and they will bring the criminal to justice. The ending should also provide an alibi for any other suspects to strengthen the real killer's identity and eliminate any doubt. So we want to tie up all the loose ends here. 
And if you're writing a caper or a heist story, this could be where they finally pull off that big crime or this could be where they get caught. It depends on what type of caper or heist story you're telling. But looking at our case study in Knives Out, this is where Blanc reveals his deductions to Marta, Ransom, and the police. Marta tricks Ransom into confessing by saying that Fran survived and that she will implicate him in Harlan's murder. After Ransom confesses and vows revenge, Marta vomits on him, revealing her lie. So Ransom attacks Marta but doesn't hurt her because he unknowingly uses a retractable stage knife. So this is where both Marta and Benoit Blanc confront the real criminal, which is Ransom, and they're kind of two halves of a whole in this scene. So Benoit Blanc rattles off his deductions about how they know it was Ransom, and then Marta tricks him into actually making a confession out loud. So it's a pretty fun climactic scene. And that's key scene number five. Key scene number six is a scene where we find out whether the protagonist has brought the antagonist to justice or not. So in that climactic moment, the protagonist has either correctly identified the criminal or they have failed to do so. And after that big climactic moment, if the protagonist is successful in identifying the criminal, then they will get confirmation that the antagonist has been brought to justice. So this doesn't mean they have to literally see the antagonist being brought to justice or walked into jail or anything like that, but they do need to learn at least somehow that justice has been served and that order has been restored. And again, if you're writing a caper or a heist story, this would just be the opposite. So did your caper or heist protagonist get caught and brought to justice or not? Did they get away with their crime? In our case study of Knives Out, this is where the police have recorded Ransom's confession and he is taken into custody as Marta watches from what is now her glorious mansion. So that's key scene number six, bringing the whole crime story loop to a close. Now, you might be thinking that including these scenes in a crime novel sounds obvious, but you would be so surprised how many crime drafts I see that are missing these key moments or that downplay these key moments. It happens all the time. And I just want you to remember that these are the key scenes that readers come to crime stories for. So they absolutely love these moments. And if you don't have them, you're not going to satisfy readers of this genre. So let's do a really quick recap of the six key scenes that every crime novel needs. Key scene number one is a scene in which the protagonist discovers a crime that's indicative of a master antagonist. Key scene number two is a scene in which the stakes become personal to the protagonist and they commit to figuring out what's going on so that they can bring the antagonist to justice. Key scene number three is a scene in which the protagonist learns more about what the antagonist wants and why, so this raises the stakes and the clock starts ticking. Key scene number four is a scene in which the protagonist reaches an all-is-lost moment where they realize they've come to the wrong conclusion or they've been pursuing the wrong person. Key scene number five is a scene in which the protagonist exposes the true criminal in the big climactic moment and unravels all the antagonist's motives and plans. Key scene number six is a scene in which the protagonist brings the antagonist to justice or not. And remember, if you are writing a caper or heist story, you would just flip this around and tell the story from the criminal's perspective and not someone like a detective or a police officer or whoever. So you can use the same framework. You're just looking at it through a different lens if you're writing a caper or a heist story. As a freebie for this episode, I created a cheat sheet that lists out each one of these key scenes that every crime story needs in order for it to work. If you want to download that, you can go to savannahgilbo.com forward slash crime. So one more time, it's savannahgilbo.com forward slash crime. 
And like I mentioned earlier, either way you're going to write your crime story, don't skip over these key scenes or leave them out of your story. Instead, use them to help you flesh out and construct your story and then figure out a way to deliver these scenes in new and unexpected ways. If you do that, you're not only going to write a story that works, but you will probably gain fans for life too. And that's the dream, right? So that's it for today's show. As always, I want to thank you so much for tuning in and showing your support. If you want to check out any of the links I mentioned in this episode, you can find them over at savannahgilbo.com forward slash podcast. And if you haven't done so already, make sure you subscribe to the show because there's going to be another brand new episode coming out next week. If you're an Apple user, I'd really appreciate it if you took a few seconds to leave a quick rating and review. Your ratings and reviews tell iTunes that this is a podcast that's worth listening to. And in turn, that helps this show get in front of more fiction writers just like you. So that's it for today's show. I'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Until then, happy writing.